Follies was my favourite musical of Stephen Sondheim's. There was a period around when what, what, when 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 is the NT live that we watched? 2019? Is it 18? It was that the one with the Melder? Yeah, that we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2017, 2017, 18. There was a period around that time where I really, 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 really got into Follies. Mm. And I very proudly said, this is my favourite Sondheim. And then over the years, you've been like, no, no, it's probably Sweeney Todd. No, it's probably Sweeney Todd. I think it's that's probably his best show, and that's probably the one I, I you know, that's that's his best show. And then returning to Company, all the you know, Company, I return to all the time. You know, those songs are burned into my brain, and I love the comedy of it. It's excellent. But then I returned to Follies this past week, and like muscle memory, like. Returning to the ghosts of a previous time. It's undoubtedly my favourite song now. Without a shadow of a doubt. As a complete piece, it's my favourite song now. I love every single word that James Goldman wrote. I love every song. That's another thing with Company. I'm not really a big Barcelona fan. I don't know if we really mentioned this on the Company episodes, but I'm not actually a huge fan of Barcelona. Um, and I always skip it. But there's not a song I skip in Follies. I think it's this totemic, beautiful. Also, right, you'll you'll talk about. I'm sure you're going to say that, what were you what were you saying about No Time to Die? You were watching it and were like, yeah, this is Tom's Bond. Were you watching Follies and seeing the yeah. fabulous Phyllis and seeing extended tragic marriage just breaking down and these horribly beautiful songs and were like, yeah, this is Tom's favorite Sunday. Was that the experience you had? Sure was. It was <laughs> this is just Tom's in heaven. Um, what's your relationship with Follies? We've touched on this. There isn't one, really. You know of Rain on the Roof through Paddington I know, 2. I know Rain on the Roof Paddington 2, and I, of course, know Losing My Mind, just as a great song. Mm. Um, but yeah, other than that, no idea of the plot. Um, any of other songs in the in the show? Yeah, nothing, really. I don't so, even know how it's received in the, in the musical world. Okay, I would then. say it's not well known. It's, but then I'm I'm from a generation of people who love Dear Evan Hansen. And no I would say I would Bones. say before this big national theatre production, 
I would say it was still quite a cult show. However, this last National Theatre production, which we watched, um, which I watched the NT Live of with my mother, which we watched today, and I actually watched it again in the actual Olivier Theatre with my ex, because uh, they re they did it again. And so I saw Janie D live, and I saw Peter Forbes live. I didn't see Philip Quast and Imelda, they'd moved on. Um, but I saw Joanna Riding, and I believe his name was Alexander, Alexander Hansen. You know when they you, Alexander Hans. <laughs> Alexander Hansen. Uh, you know the um what was I gonna say? Oh, uh, you know, in the Jesus Christ Superstar films production with Chris Moyles and uh Mel yeah. C, he he was let that Jesus oh, yeah. go. The football commentator. <laughs> yeah. Um and like let <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? I love it. So. I um I think Tim Minchin is excellent as yes. Jesus. I'm a huge fan of the original 70s film. I think for me yeah. that's the best. I, I love I, oh my god. Why? <laughs> All I, right, I'll die. Yeah, I've shown you before. Who would we play in Jesus Christ? Because neither is our Jesus or Judas. I know, I think I could hit Judas. I could hit a few of those Judas notes. Do you? I think there's some think training. I would be the. Well, <laughs> oh, no, we both know the answer. We'd both be. Um, are you the Christ? Yes, the real Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, we would both. Let's just be honest. However, really good. I don't. I, I, we should. It's it, originally it was just Dreamcast Corner, but this has slowly become Tom and Will Casting Corner. How ideal is the casting of me and you as Ben and Buddy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really good. I, I like my entire life. Just the, everybody thinks I'm this okay, charismatic, funny person, and in reality, I'm just crying <laughs> and I don't have any love. Oh no, Phyllis! And then you're just a laughable guy who loves to cheat on his uh, partners. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's, we're having a fun one, we're having, it is so warm, and somebody put the heating on in my house for a bath, and I, really? the, the, the heat, I'm going to crack I've, one more window. I've, I've got the windows open. Yeah, uh, tell me Will, about you sitting down and watching Follies for the first time. Oh, it was, it was something else, it was, even the opening number, that first sort of, but it's, it, it comes to I'm like, Oh, here we go. It's, oh, I've looked at it live now. It was incredible. The rolling drums and then the thunderous brass of that overture. Well, this is what we're talking about with It's Still Quite an Unknown Show. How the hell can you bloody put it on? <laughs> How the hell can you put this fucking thing on in the way that it should be? Like, it, you need the National Theatre's, like, yeah. state-funded budget and, like, them doing three years of War Horse and you need at least four stars in it. It's just this fifth, right, let, let's get some numbers here. The original the original production, uh, we're gonna talk about the original production uh, next week, next episode, but it was expensive beyond bounds. A large orchestra, 50 cast, a modern complicated set. That's how they described the original production and the struggles of that. But it's just, it's one of those, it is a blue moon show because it's so bloody hard to put on. Yeah. Um, I think that will be, that will grow easier because we are getting a film, which we will talk about next episode. 
but I, well, this is this is another thing. I don't know how much COVID had that's been. I mean, we're still waiting. Glenn Close is still bloody saying every other month, yes, we're still making the Sun Simple of Ad movie. We're still making it. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I need an Oscar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely still making it. Um, but yeah, anyway, that got announced. We'll talk about that next week. Glenn Close really wants an Oscar. What gives you that impression? <laughs> I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. Glenn Close every year to the Oscar community. Um, um, Follies, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, it's just, it's just an astounding piece. And for as much as over the years, it's been changed so many times and so many different iterations. And the we're going to talk about those a lot next episode. But this National Theatre production went back to the original 1979 book, and the changes were absolutely minor and it's one of those things where it's grown so complicated and we've had happy endings and we've had sad endings and, and we've had changes of, of where the songs goes people have put intermissions in at certain points yeah. and all that sort of thing and to just go back to the original 1979 book you realize you had it from the beginning yeah now i can understand people wanting to put a happy ending in but it completely undermines the piece. We're going to talk about that next episode with the, with the 1980s Cameron Mackintosh London production with the wonderful uh, late Diana Rigg and the wonderful late um, Linda Barron and the incredible Julian McKenzie. But, it, it, you know, it, you cannot put a happy ending in because it feels forced. You've just got to have an absolute downbeat ending, which you do. Um, <laughs> Let's we'll get there when we get there. So inspired by an article about the gathering of Ziegfeld Follies um, and a picture of Gloria Swanson in the rubbles of a theater. I, that's my new home screen. It's such a delightful, incredible picture. And um, looking at that picture now, which I do every day now, it's such a stark image and you're like, okay, there's your show. And it was originally titled The Girls Upstairs. There was even the idea that it was gonna be a murder mystery. Um, oh, I love the a murder mystery. I'm currently, in a, a murder mystery musical called Curtains, written by uh, Andrew and Ebb. Yeah. It was originally, basically, the <laughs> Goldman loved the idea of, have you, you haven't seen, have you seen Uncle Vanya though? Or read Uncle Vanya or anything? Um, I watched the MT Live with- um, Oh, with Toby Jones, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, at the end of the second act of that, he shoots the gun and misses, and then the whole third act is what happens then. That was kind of what they wanted to play around with here. And you can sort of see it. Like before Loveland, everybody has a reason to, well, not, well, not everybody, not Carlotta. Not, I'm still here, not the Rain on the Roof people. But our four leads, Buddy, Phyllis, Sally and Ben, all have a reason to kill one another. Yeah. And it, it, they, they were kind of building it up of who's going to kill who. Mm. Um, I can see a version of the show where that works, you know, but... It's not exactly realistic. Not that this show doesn't, of course, stray into its a world of fantasy, which we'll get to, but it works so much better here with that painfully sad, no, there is no murder in real life. We all just carry on bleak ending. Um, originally, Sundime and Goldman didn't want to put flashbacks into it because they thought that they were corny. Hal Prince, a director extraordinaire who co-directed this with Michael Bennett because it was such a huge production. Um, said flashbacks are only corny if they're done cornily and you can sort of dominic cook obviously directed this national theater production but you can see with hal prince 
the um, the flashbacks not being corny at all, and they flow so organically. And um, what was your first reactions then, Will, as a, as a complete virgin viewer? What was your reactions when suddenly the ghosts started appearing and interjecting in the scenes and you're seeing well, flashes? I think my favourite one was the, you know, the sitting at the mirror, the Broadway baby, and then in the background, it's just that, it's eerie, isn't it? Just mm. sat there, yeah. I'm yeah. still here as well. I've, I'll talk about this when we get to I'm still here, but I'm still here also has that. And it's just this stoic ghost looking because a lot of the other ghosts are watching these sad songs and like, oh my God, this is what I became. Whereas I'm still here, as of, as of course, Carlotta had a sad and troubled life. That ghost is looking with such a pride on her face and it's such a beautiful, yeah. beautiful image um, that makes that song all the more powerful. Sundown. The show was not about failing marriages. The reason Jim chose the Follies as a metaphor was that the Follies represented a state of mind of America between the two world wars. It's not about how difficult it is to stay married over a period of 30 years. It's how all your hopes tarnish and how if you live in great, oh, sorry, if you live, oh, I, I, I messed it up here. Um, if you, and how if you live in great despair, you might as well pack up for to live in the past is foolish. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, and of course, for two failing marriages is is an, is part of that. Uh, but also, we have the failings of careers, and uh, through through the years, it's uh, it's a deeply deeply powerful piece. Uh, sometimes talking about the murder mystery heavy plot draft, as we read it to ourselves, the show gripped us until the plot proper began. Gradually, we realized the obvious: what was wrong with the show was the plot, the mood and atmosphere were everything, which leads us perfectly into the overture, which you were just talking about such an evocative image and music and atmosphere um, and still quite quite a startling thing this is something i mean we'll talk about the film possibilities for the film next episode but will the film work if it is just flashbacks i'm not i i think you you would have to stage it like the film like the show does with the ghosts coming in and out rather than I mean, there is, of course, a world where you could do some real dynamic editing and, yeah. and have some like really nice match cutting. But also, I think you'd I think you'd lose something unless, of course, of course, the whole thing will be the ghosts then suddenly interacting and the world's blending. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think interaction is all part of what makes it special. Um, that they do it well in um, Sweeney Todd uh, with um, Poor Thing. I think that's done very well. Yes, 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 yes. But that's less so that's interacting with flashbacks, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's. Mm. This is this is this one is of those. Like, they actually, yeah, yeah. Like when by the time that we get to the point just before too many mornings, and it, it's Ben first, and Ben starts looking over and talking to the ghosts instead of talking to Amelda, and it's such a gradual, horrible thing to watch, and it's uh, quite stark. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Imelda. My absolute heart, this incredible woman. The same season she did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and then went straight into this. Two of my favourite roles of all time, probably my favourite musical of all time and my favourite play of all time. And one of my favourite living actresses of stage and screen. And she was just like, yeah, I'll do this for Tom. I'll do the... <laughs> I'm, I know it wasn't, but I felt like it was for me. She said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll do, I'll do as a baby and I'll do, um, I'll do Sally for you." 
Um, not that Sally is my favourite character, but we'll we'll get. To, but Imelda, it's just one of those big hug. It's it's just like give give her a big hug, please, somebody. Um, such a powerful character. I think here's here's the thing. I think there are Sallys where the where the attempt to modernize and the attempt to um, flesh out, not necessarily flesh out, but make Sally less of a male dependent character and all that sort of things, kind of backfires because it ends up betraying the character. Um, because if, if Sally is more independent and seems to have more consciousness about her and less mania, then suddenly you're starting to ask the questions of, wait, no, no, she why, why is she so obsessed with him? Whereas the way an older plays it is, from a very early point, we realise she's rather ill. She's depressed. She's manic at times. Um, she's a very it, mentally ill woman. And the whole piece suddenly clicks into place. And it's been taking advantage of that mania in some ways, or, or Izzy, we'll talk about that with too many mornings, but Ben, you know, all he wants is love, and obviously Phyllis loves him and all these other things, but he's blind to it, and suddenly this deeply ill woman is saying, I've loved you for 40, 30 years. How are you not going to go for that? And, and then, of course, immediately he pulls himself back. Oh, I, I, I adore it. Mm -hmm. I, I genuinely adore this musical with all my heart. Um, and she comes on. Oh, 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 don't tell me I'm the first. Oh, oh. And she's all flustered. And you go, oh, wow. <laughs> and the young Sally ghost, I, a lovely little direction here from Dominic Cook. I love that she's scared when Imelda walks on. And, and that, that sort of gives you the impression that these ghosts have been here for 40 years and 30 years. And, they, and it's that thing of them being actual ghosts rather than flashbacks. Um, I think that's a very powerful thing. Um, what did you feel when you saw Imelda come on as the wonderful Sally Durant plumber? Uh, I, I, it's just nice, isn't it? Uh, I always feel like my answers are more like, it's nice, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. Um, she she commands the stage in anything she's in. Um, and I, I don't, you can almost sense everyone else's respect for her. Um, yeah, I but she she just again it's not Amelda, is it? Well, this it's, is the thing. This is the she thing. She's not like so well. Mrs. Lovett, to she did a delicate balance, which is another boisterous Martha-like role. Then she plays Martha. Then she does G uh, Mama Rose. These are four very loud, commanding, boisterous women, and then. We have Sally, and she's not necessarily a shrinking violet, but she is this shy, vulnerable, yeah, yeah, yeah. loving thing, and it just shows the dynamic she range. Straight, she plays a very delicate, but almost childlike. She's sort of very, like yes. when she first, she's very, very excited. Oh, I'm very happy, to, very just appreciative, and but but quite, yeah. It's, it's very, it's a side to Imelda I've not seen before. And the first time she meets Buddy again. And what does what's the first thing she says to her? Don't be angry, I came. What sort of conversations have they had before this show? I mean, that's just one of those like stark little lines where you go, 
oh no, <laughs> this is not going to end well. It's like, oh, and that's another thing with like all these fucking like happy rewrites that Goldman did for the eighties Cameron Macintosh production, and I'm like, what are you doing? This is this has incredible moments of comedy and incredible moments of joy and happiness, even to the end. I mean, story of Jesse and Lucy. What an what a raucous, incredible dance on your goddamn feet. I've been singing all of Phyllis's numbers all week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we and then you have the pain, the pain of the chaos that ends live, laugh, love. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the arrivals being cued uh, with the refrains of the song and the overture, such a beautiful piece of direction. And then the Kennedys arrive, Phyllis and Ben. And I really do, I mean, Sally says, you look like Jacqueline Kennedy, but I can very much see that in the direction and the performances of these, of this. Um, and again, we're in the 70s, so we're in a distrusting time. We know now, we've had Nixon, we've had Chappaquiddick, we know that a lot of these perfect, perfect-faced, charismatic politicians mm. are cheating on their wives, <laughs> yeah. are organising dirty things. I mean, this is long before Clinton, of course, but I, I see a lot of Sorry? Clinton. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no, no. I'm wrong. He said, didn't he? He said, I didn't. Sorry. He I said forgot. he didn't. No. He said, that is true. He did say that. Yeah. Um, but that I love. It. And, it, and it ties into this whole thing. The perfect person, the perfect theatre, the perfect show, all this nostalgia crumbling under the facade. Um, literally. Quite literally. What did you think of, I mean, you're an architect yourself. Yeah, what did yeah, you think I, of this incredibly this set powerful set? Astonishing, especially when it revolves and you see all sort of like the, the stairs back to it. Oh, but it's used so well. The space is, is because uh, obviously sort of that the sort of the third act when you get all the drops back down. The love, of, yeah, the love yeah, line sequence. That's yeah. all incredible. It's beautiful, but. There's something about that sort of derelict, dirty, dingy, and, and you've got those um, sort of um, focus lights on the side that and you can see, and it's just like about five different, oh, I love it. I find this to be a case actually where the NT Live does something better than the original production because uh, when I saw it at the National Theatre, the Loveland stuff drops down, mm. but you can still kind of see around it. Whereas in this NT Live, the Loveland curtains drop and you are in Loveland. There is no there is no remove. You are in Loveland with everybody else. And so then when they all drop and get pulled away, we're back in the crumble. And I think that is something that if done well, the film could absolutely have a masterstroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I think uh, um, they should have a look at uh, Chicago. The way they did sort of um, yeah. montage and... That that was very well done. Well, worked the same way. We'll talk about the like the history of possible films of follies because, well, they they approached Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall was oh, supposed to direct it. Yes, ah. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about this next episode. We'll talk about that next episode. Well, um, so sorry. Let's talk about Phyllis. Oh my God, Janie D is Phyllis. Uh, <laughs> was it the first or the second line where you were like? Oh, this is this is Tom's favorite character. This is Tom's spirit animal. <laughs> um, I love the way you hate it when I'm happy and you're not. Every, every single I I famously love a biting, scathing, venomous 
um, quite cold, incredible, power, powerful, um, funny, witty, brilliant uh, woman character. And uh, that's, of course, Phyllis in spades. Um, let's talk about the, the introduction of throughout of Hey Up There, this wonderful little motif. Can I, can I blow one of my dream castings first, though? Oh, let's say it together. Three, two. Oh, no. oh. I don't think, I think we're complete, thinking of completely different people for Phyllis. Oh, okay, go. Oh, okay, but I'll go. Uh, we, can do, we can do the three, two, one and see what happens. Okay. Three, three, two, two one. one. Christy Baranski. Kathy Bates is Phyllis. Oh, my God. <laughs> where yeah, the hell did that brilliant. come from i don't know <laughs> i think it'd be great there's two l's in my favorite wife's name phyllis uh, <laughs> wow okay yeah but no christine Bransky, of course would be yeah, astonishing christine did uh play actually carlotta she did I'm Still Here for a uh, Encores production at the, um, you know, when we watched the Anyone Can Whistle Encores yep. thing, they, they did Follies and uh, Christine played uh, Carlotta and uh, does a wonderful rendition of I'm Still Here. Um, mm. I could see maybe, Ka no, 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 no. I could see Kathy as Carlotta or maybe Kathy yeah. as, uh, or Kathy as Stella. I don't know if she's, a, I don't know if she's a good dancer. Stella being, um, Who's that woman? The mirror dancer. The the um, yeah, in in this, the yeah. who's the woman? Um, where are we? Yeah, I love the way you hate it when I'm happy and you're not. Hey, up there. Here's one I've not. I only started noticing this past time. When Buddy corrects himself from uh, when I was in Denver, uh, Salt Lake City. Now I always thought that that was just him fumbling, but is that correcting himself because Marge lives in Denver? Yeah, it is hiding the affair. Yeah. But then he just doesn't care about hiding it later. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. Uh, let's talk about Weissman's monologue. Um, this place has been the home to movies, blue movies. <laughs> and in a final burst of glory, it's to be a parking lot. Let's talk about, I mean, I literally just last night watched a two and a half hour play with Ralph Fiennes about the about conservation and oh, New York. Yeah, he's like an architect guy. Yeah, it was it was fine. Did you watch it, was, it live? Did you go I see did. It? I took uh, my wow. I took my current bow. Um, wow. We ended up on the press night. Will oh my god! Are you ready for this one? Oh, we love press night. Ended up on the press night. Guess who I walked with? Colonel Perron. <gasps> Elaine. No, Jonathan Price. <laughs> Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price was there, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh. I loved you as the engineer. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did. Did. I did. This is the thing. As a kid, I didn't know that the engineer was supposed to be Asian because I'd only ever listened to the original London cast recording. So as a kid, I was like, the engineer is my dream role. I can't wait to, I want to play the engineer. Yeah. And now because of political correctness, no <laughs> I, who knows, I'll do a concert of roles. And in that, I don't know what I do. But no, because the best engineer bit is, there's a screw loose in your head. <laughs> oh, God. He's a madman on the rampage. Oh, I love Miss Saigon. Um, it's it's all right. Miss Saigon. It's, it's very good. I think movie in my mind is... is Movie in my mind is incredible. I love Miss Saigon. 
so much more than Lemez. Really? Oh, yeah. Big Nam. Time. Big time. Are you saying nah or Nam? Nam. Nam. <laughs> well, I do. I do love Nam. Um, and yeah, so Weissman's monologue, but leading into Beautiful Girls, I love that this is the first real chance an audience has to applaud. Now, an audience could, I mean, in America, they'll fucking applaud when Bernadette Peters walks on as Sally and they'll applaud for everything. But here, we actually have some culture. (laughs) And so people didn't burst into applause when Imelda walked on and ruined the atmosphere. And so the first chance for people to applause is the end of Beautiful Girls. And it's that Oh, that's just what I was going to say. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, where should they? Uh, oh, here we are. This is my note for at the end of Rain on the Roof. Shows, I love where shows where the actors can take the applause, like where it's yeah. built into the show that they can actually take the applause. Like Rose's turn, which we talked about, where she's so deluded that she is allowed to hear the audience applauding and she can actually take it instead of pretending and awkwardly holding still as if the applause isn't happening. Three, two, one. Gentlemen, you intrigue me. <laughs> me. Uh, That's what I wrote down. Uh, because it's so, it's so annoying when people applaud. Like when I went know, to you see know what the worst bit is? When you can see, when they're in a pose, like imagine, like, so imagine classic, you, you find a dance number, there's someone always at the front doing splits and their armour up. Like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and the entire company moves as they're, they're like... Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and you could just see like a wave of breathing. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you've got to have, you've got like, like when we talked about company, Larry, I want a cigarette. You've got to have like some reason for them to take the applause. And I love that this just has it all over, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, let's talk about beautiful girls. The inevitable Roscoe. What did you think? This is your I, first song. Uh, beautiful girls is in my top five wow wow okay well this is the thing i knew this was going to happen you're not pulling rain on the roof oh no i'm not i'm not thank god no but not even in the original broadway i know that well we'll talk the original broadway cast album is an hour long and is absolutely truncated that's why the fullies in concert which we're going to talk about next episode is literally them getting together in the 80s with the new (laughs) with the new york philharmonic orchestra going yeah, we're at this time. We're actually going to record the whole thing, and <laughs> and then literally they keep saying, like we were talking about with that company original cast album. This is the definitive recording. That's what they're trying to get and trying yeah. to immortalize. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I yeah. I knew this was going to happen with, with like literally it's that thing of I think I th- we'll have definitely two locks. We've got to. Maybe three. Yeah, maybe. Because see, I don't know. I don't. I know one. I know. Yeah, I know two lots. But I don't know your opinions on because we've never really discussed the songs in this show. I want to. I also considered bringing this rule in. Oh, so we're going to take five songs from Little Night Music. um, See how we feel about Pacific Overtures. Probably five songs from Assassins, but and five songs from Into the Woods. Or, this is what I was going to say, this is my favourite show. So, maybe, see how we feel, see how many are locks, but maybe bump this to six for me, 
and bump either into the woods or Sweeney Todd for six for you for your favorite show. Oh, what yeah. is your favorite show? Are you saying Sweeney or is your time with Into the Woods taking it to the top? I'm currently saying it's Sweeney. It's got to be Sweeney. Yeah. So I'd say we'll see how we feel, but maybe six from Sweeney and six from this, I, I would be okay with. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Exciting. Uh, beautiful girls. Uh, beauty celestial, the best you'll agree. Sundown talks about a critic named Arlene Croach in her enraged review called this lyric disgusting in its comparison of middle-aged ladies to beasts because she thought it was beauty celestial, the beast you'll agree. As in <laughs> the bestial, the be as in pigs would agree that these yeah. are the best women. Nobody else would. <laughs> Um, the incredible staging of Dominic Cook allows for everybody's ghosts to be clear. So from that point on, we know whose ghost everybody is. Just an incredible piece of uh, mm. directing mm. that. Yeah. Um, so this got made it into your top five songs. Well, tell, tell me about tell me about it. Why? I mean, it's an incredible song. I agree with you. Mm. I've sort of um, as for the recording as well. I've merged it with the overture, but okay. Am yeah. I Sorry. I no, I haven't. I haven't actually. I've just put prologue, beautiful girls. Prologue, beautiful girls. I don't know if that will be allowed. We cannot put the, put the oh, overture. Girls, then. Yeah. It was just very, it brings you into the world. Perfect scene thing. setting, yeah. It um, allows you to understand the language of the show mm. and sort of the, the way that, I mean, I'll talk about the music um, overall now. Mm. For me, this was, um, I mean, it's very, very Sunday. Mm. Which is Lots great. of pastiche. Yeah. But for me, it was almost um, a mix of cabaret, Chicago, mm. with elements of woods. That's how I would describe. That's how, that's how he describes it. It's this, it's this series of pastiche songs and thrown in, you get what he calls book songs. Of you know, like obviously, which are the Phyllis songs, the Buddy songs, the Sally songs, and the Ben songs, and in between those, you we have these pastiche numbers, and I'm still here, sort of falls somewhere in between. Uh, it, you know, it could be a pastiche song with the first half of you know the history of the United States, but I'm still here. But then as it goes on, I've been through Reno, and it, she starts talking about the drug addictions and all that sort of thing. Then it's about her, and then it's it merges from a pastiche song into a book song. Um, this number is probably the closest we get to the original idea for the show, which was instead of Loveland fantasy sequence, it would build up to them all sitting around and staging their own follies. So yeah, and, and that's where I thought it was going. Yeah, personally. Which again, I can see a version working, but Loveland just works so much better off. They cannot be in the reality anymore. They need to go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and it's not it's not unlike when people talk about musicals and saying when you can't talk anymore, you have to sing. Um, and when you can't argue anymore, you have to go to Loveland, um, which was in many ways my ex's biggest problem with the show, because she loved the song Losing My Mind. We'd been listening to Losing My Mind for a year. And then she thought it was going to be this tear the house down. Brilliant, um, you know, big, sad number of her in the ruins of the theatre. And then it was this Loveland sequence and she was like, it, and she felt that it removed a lot of the power. I don't agree. 
But I can see a world where that song is Sally instead in the ruins of the theatre, not in Loveland, and it having a bit more, having having a touch more power. I can see that. I, I think she perhaps had a point there. I, I could see I could see both. I could see it begin in Loveland, and then as she sings and starts to realise, and it, it sort of merges, and she's brought back into this awful reality, mm. and we and then that the brick bleeds through. I I think that would work. But also, I just love the suddenness of Loveland of yeah. doom, do 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 do, and and then they're all just looking around. What the yeah. hell is happening? <laughs> into you gotta love tomorrow oh, sensational um you know that's we then the wonderful way after beautiful girls we start getting glimpses of all the characters you know with stella you know i said this is a load of crap the mics were on 150 people heard the news uh and all that sort of thing. i do all my singing in the tub now and and that thing of the things of and from that very early point we meet somebody who has healthily moved on completely and sure, she loves doing Who's That Woman again. And we see in her the emotion of, oh, this was a great time in my life. But she's moved on and she can go home. Sally should have never came because the minute she's back in, that, back in there, she can't go home. And Ben, somebody who never really had a true relationship with the Follies beyond being a stage door Johnny. It's the, it, it, it's the past more so for Ben than it is for Sally. For Sally, it's this the follies. It's that it's what people talk about the musicals. You know, I want to go to a musical and have two and a half hours where the lights are off and it's just a happy world. And in a lot of ways, that's what Sondheim talks about the show bombing in 1971 because people were having these miserable marriages and then wanting yeah. to go to the theatre and then they saw a show about miserable marriages, <laughs> um, which I found quite funny. It's weird, that isn't it? Uh, like. About what fifty years ago, people would just go to the theatre every night. That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Well, this is the thing where, uh, like, living in a London pub, like all the husbands and all that sort of thing, they're like, "Yeah, no, we saw Tina last week. Yeah, we're good. It was good. I took her to Tina." I'm thinking, that's like imagine the imagine living in London and the theatre being your cinema, because in many ways it is. Because in yeah. London, the ticket prices, you know, you can get them. You were amazed. You booked Wicked the other week and the other month, and you were like, "Oh, these are quite cheap." I was, I was in the stalls for twenty quid. Yeah, um, it's 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 one of those things. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Ben flirting with Broadway baby, uh, my and then Phyllis. My God, you're charming. You should see me when you're not around. <laughs> <laughs> Again, brings us in to at this point. It's quite a jovial thing. Yeah, maybe he cheats. Oh, very good. And then obviously we come to learn the great tragedy. Solange and the perfume. It's magic. By Solange. Let's play devil's advocate. Many of the critics of this show, are there too many characters? Are there too many songs? How do you feel? Uh, oh, 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 oh. Um, it, it's whether that there are a lot of characters, I'll give you that. And there's two of every character. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, it's whether it distracts you from the story or what story is there to tell. The, the they are there for this reunion. That is the idea. So meeting all of these characters, that I think that it works. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
and then they are all mostly gone by the time we get to the final 50 minutes, um, which is just these four and we're there. And we've had all the time with the other characters to see what they're missing. Um, Sally and Phyllis talking. Oh, you married Ben, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you married Buddy? Yes, I did. And you married uh, oh, Ben, as if she forgets. You know, I see you all the time in the magazines. And, uh, and then Buddy and Ben talking, you know. No, it's good. It's a good life. It's a good life. You ever play around? <laughs> Why does he say that? Because he wants huh? to talk to somebody. Because he thinks that Ben plays around, which obviously he does. But, you know, he wants to uh, talk with somebody about how shit this life is. That I all I want to do is fuck and all I want to do is cheat. And he wants a kindred spirit. I think, I think he wants he wants to know... He's not alone. But when you feel like that, you 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 enjoy putting yourself down, don't you? So he's probably, I think, looking for someone else that shares. He's like, oh, you feel like I do. Oh, that that's good. That it's he's trying to find some some familiar. But at that point, of course, Ben is far too in his own delusion and said, "No, I gave up all of that years ago." And then an hour and a half later, before too many mornings, he's going to be confessing to Sally. I was with a woman earlier today, uh, you know, and I cried. That's the level of vulnerability we're going to get to with these people. It's a sensational piece of work. Um, ben, fi Sally's finally bumping into Ben for Don't Look At Me. Uh, and this is the first flashback showing the dark end. You look at me, Ben, and you give me an answer. And you're like, oh, oh, I thought these flashbacks were fun. What? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it awful, God, how depressing me? I'm a hundred, you, you're a blessing. And it's this it's this repeated motif of, I'm so glad I came. And in the happy ending, they usually end with that, of, oh. I'm, I'm so glad we came. And it's just like, why? <laughs> you, 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 have been, you have had your marriage completely dissected. You are no way you are getting back from this. Why are you glad you came? <laughs> Um, and again, this ending works 10 better. What we need is a drink. What did you think of Don't Look At Me, Will? Lovely. I think it's great. Um, the, the way that the ghosts are sort of, the costume as well, I want to talk about mm. costumes. It, it was, they're sort of chalky. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's Where, great. In the original Broadway production, they sort of had them in black and white, mm. um, which I don't think would look dull, but here this gold, this nostalgic yeah. gold works just as well and obviously has more of a punch. Yeah. Uh, no, it's great. It's like they were, as you were saying, the interaction uh, starts here because they're, they're dancing through the, the, the flashback and then you see them that dancing around. It's, yeah, I liked it a lot. Mm, yeah, it's a sensational piece of work. Uh, what we need is a drink. Um, Will, you like George Hearn, don't you? I do. He's, he's Ben in the concert we're going to watch next. Is he? Yeah. Is he? He's oh. brilliant. What oh. we need is a drink. Me, I like to laugh. Me, I like to love. It's uh, very good. Uh, we don't talk about Philip Quast yet, who's absolutely brilliant here as Ben. Um, what do I know Philip? What do we know Philip Quast from? Uh, quite a storied state. Oh, you know what he is, Will? You know the Emma Thompson, Sweeney Todd production? Yes. He's Turpin. He is he? Yes, he is. Oh. Let's have a look at Philip Quast's career. He, I know he played Marcus. Uh, Marcus. Uh, Aurelius. Sorry. Aurelius. 
No, that's that's uh, that's uh, Gladiator. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the North, commanders of the East and the West, uh, heir to the one I true one true emperor. And I'm Javert. Do not forget my name. He was in Les Miserables as Javert, Philip Quast, in 1987. Oh. He was uh, George in Sunday in the Power with George at the National Theatre. Oh. He was Javert again for a UK tour. He was, uh, oh, he was Cinderella's Prince and the Wolf in Sydney Theatre Company. Oh, my. Nice. Um, he was Fred in A Christmas Carol. <laughs> uh, uh, he was... He was Emile de Becou in South Pacific. He was Miles Gloriosis in, in the Royal National Theatre's production of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Um, he was um, uh, Evita, he was Juan Perón. Yes, the, I, I, I was going to guess. He's definitely played Juan Perón. And uh, he was also, yes, the, he was George Banks in uh, Her Majesty's Theatre's production of Mary Poppins. And he was also George. In uh, La Cage Fall at the Many Air Chocolate Factory. Oh, with... I am what, what I am. Do you know that George, George Hearn was there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want praise, I don't want pity. Oh, I love La Cage Fall. I, I mean, I guess we'll get close when we do the birdcage, but I, you know what I love, Will? Doing these musicals. This has sort of tapped something that we've not really touched upon. We, have we done any musical movies? Other than West Side Story. We've done West Side, we, we must have. We've, we've not done Sweeney Todd yet. I wanted you to do into, into a Little Shop of Horrors for your selections, but you don't like the film. No. Which is an incredible opinion. Um, I, do know, I do like the film, but... You were in it, and so you're attached, which is going to yeah. be exactly the same experience when we watch the Into the Woods film. Aren't, are, are, we gonna, are we doing the, the yeah. film? yeah. Right. Oh, no, 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 no. We're doing two episodes. We're doing the 1982 yeah. Bernadette Peters. Yes. And then we're yeah. going to do the film. There are, this is the thing. There aren't many Sundown films. And so we're going to do them all. The only one that we're not doing is A Little Night Music with uh, Elizabeth Taylor, which is such a stale, boring thing. At least Into the Woods will be fun to talk about. Um, whereas, of course, A Little Night Music wouldn't be. So uh, where are we? We talked about Don't Look At Me. Uh, the couples then switch for a dance, which is very nice. Do you think there was ever a time when uh, Buddy and Phyllis, I don't think they ever had it off, but do you think there was ever a time where uh, Buddy flirted a little bit? I was going to say, it's Phyllis? definitely Buddy's nature. Um, I'm sure it would have. But I don't or, is it, or is it his nature? Because his cheating, cheating's cheating, cheating's cheating, cheating's cheating. But his cheating is a full relationship with Marge in another country where he's, in another state where he's completely, completely set her up. So what, what's happening? <laughs> Sorry, I can't, I, I, Will is, is having, what are you eating, Will? An omelette? Um, no, it's avocado on toast. You know what, I'm not a big fan of avocado. I had some sea bass. Uh, we, we went and ate we went and ate after Hamilton and uh, I had some beautiful sea bass and it was just covered in avocado. And I, all I did was scrape oh, the no. avocado off. Sea bass, you want like a nice butter sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh, and and, and oh, like yeah. on, on some wilted spinach and just a bit oh. of black pepper. Oh. Oh, I'm hungry again now. Oh, I need some food. Uh, the minute I end this, I'm going to be eating something. Oh, what should I eat? Order at McDonald's, treat yourself. 
I might be having a curry later. No, mm. I'll have a big McDonald's now, and yeah. then that'll do me for the rest of the day. And then I'll yeah have a drink, and then, and then I'll and then I'll start drinking. How about that? <laughs> it's summer after all. I'll put a nice wine in the I fridge. I love day drinking. I love day drinking. I'll put this coat, this lovely Cote de Provence, in the fridge. Um, oh, I love booze. Okay. Waiting for the girls upstairs. Yep. Waiting for the girls on, upstairs. On my top five. In your top five. Okay, mm. right then. These these locks are waning, Will. <laughs> uh, this is fun nostalgia. This is yeah. when them reenacting isn't slowly driving them mad. <laughs> this is <laughs> delightful. Um, Oh, we talked about the original idea was this diegetic follies number. It's just absolutely delightful. Tell me, Will, why is it in your top five? It's so fun. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll get some lyrics out. Majority you said tonight one. we're dancing at Tony's. This short is in the band. Ta-ta-ta-ta, um, I'll find you at Tony's. It's, what was it? I remember me and Ben, me and Ben. This no, is we're the going right around thing. the turn. And then we go around the wings. Oh, Will, did I tell you who's playing Buddy in the Follies in concert? Me and Ben, me and Ben, we go around at ten. Me and Ben, we go around Matt, the wings. Andy for thinking. Look at things. <laughs> what the hell was his name? You know the tall guy, Max. I remember me and Ben. He'll be like, and hang around the wings, watching things. things like, what the hell was his name? You know the tall guy, well, that's, Max. That's Alec, yes, he'll be coming. Um, Alec Baldwin. I'm becoming Matthew what? Arctic Monkeys. Oh, rock and roll. Our sun comes up. I think about you. Supersonic rock and roll. Don't look at me. I've been through Reno. I've been through Beverly Hills Space Center rock and roll. Smoking drugs and doing things like people do in Sheffield. <laughs> I, lo I love you love my yeah, that rock and roll <laughs> inbox me for the mic um sam mandagobi previous and future guest knows how much i love that arctic monkey's speech and so when biden was inaugurated he sent me a video that was can you i cannot believe how powerful his words were and i thought am i because i didn't watch the inauguration and i was like what yeah. the hell is this and I pressed on it, and somebody had did the Biden speech, but had put the audio of that rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> keeps on rolling. See, this is the thing. My mum watched that speech before getting into the Arctic Monkeys, and her phrase was, "Your mum loves the Arctic Monkeys." My mum loves the Arctic Monkeys. Well, my mum has seen the Arctic Monkeys live in the mosh pits. <laughs> my because my mum's best friend Claire, her sister, and and her good friend Emma and Kelly, Emma and Kelly were 90s, you know, rave kids. That's, that's what we'll call it. Well, you know Emma, because Emma dated a DJ for a time and had a New Year's Eve party at Bjork's Castle. And she sat on Steve Coogan's knee and said, do Pauline Calf. Have, have I not told you this? I have told you this, Will. There's no way I haven't told you about the New Year's Eve party at Bjork's Castle where Emma's where Emma sat on Steve Coogan's knee and said, do Pauline Calf, do Pauline Calf. Um, the exchange between Weissman and the waitress, um, which, nowadays, which, in the, which nowadays is played, I guess rightly so, for Me Too stuff. And she's like weirded out and he's like, oh, yes, I could, I could have anybody I wanted. 
Um, I'm going to open this door to get a little bit more air through. Very warm. You know what this is reminding me of, Will? Those good old days doing podcasts in the first Not lockdown. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sweating through our balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was having, I'd have rosé then too. Um, those were the days. <laughs> I remember me and Will, me and Will, we'd do a podcast then on the thing. Was, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. then we get to the thing that you were most excited for, and I'm guessing you were quite disappointed with. I was. I was. There, there's no... This is the thing. Like When I saw Paddington 2, obviously I'm a huge Follies fan, and the minute I heard... I thought, oh my God, yes. Uh, but obviously, yeah, in this, it is just a, it's, it's a minute long. They feel like they just want to get through it. No, they're, they're, they're a lovely bolero. I love what, because let's talk about Rain on the Roof as it is, which is Rain on the Roof slash Arpery slash Broadway Baby, which feels weird by the fact that how big um, Broadway Baby is in the history of the show. Like Broadway Baby is arguably one of the most famous songs from the show. So yeah. How, how, how did you feel when Rain on the Roof was just one part of this montage of three? Um, disappointed. And yeah. also, just, just this, this couple coming on going, oh, let's, let's take Cozy and try. And then, and then we go straight to uh, Ah, Paris. No, let's no Orleans jazz. But Ah, Paris. Beirut has sunshine. That's all it has. <laughs> Um, and Athens, that Alan lovely Dibley. You didn't like Alperi? No, you're just doing Alan Cumming now. <laughs> Vilka, New Orleans jazz. Um, the original ordering was Alperi finishing it, and then Broadway Baby just brought the house down. And they were like, no, sorry. Mm. Alperi is not topping Broadway Baby, um, which I think <laughs> is interesting. And the. When did they add Ren on the roof? Was that, was that always in the beginning? Because that what stuck, it must be, yeah. It yeah. jumped to me because obviously it wasn't in the uh, Broadway recording, but as you said, they just mm. didn't do it. Just didn't do it. Um, they were just trying to get it to an hour, yeah. Uh, no, it was always there. Yeah, no, it's always been in the show. It's not, they just didn't have it on that bastardizing, like original Broadway recording where things are yeah. sped up and like verses oh. are cut. Yeah. And um, it's, it's quite, yeah, it's quite terrible. Um, I love the passing umbrella back and forth between the old ghosts, the old yes. and the ghosts. Yes. Very beautiful choreography. So let's talk about Broadway Baby. That's the biggest song here. Um, to see Broadway Baby sung by a tough old, this is Sundown, tough old lady, superannuated and slightly down on her luck, made our show's point about surviving the past as clearly as any moment in the show. It was originally titled Tough Luck Tessie. Um, don't know, I, I prefer Broadway Baby. Um, Here's a question. Should they all come together in the end? Because every other time we do these little pastiche numbers, it's just like one number and then we move on. It feels weird that these three come together in the end as a trilogy and aren't just their own songs. It was, again, we talked about this in company um, with... Um, Another 100 people. Yeah. It's that again, but I don't know. It, I guess... It fits with this because it is a sort of a montage. We're revisiting everything. and mm. But it does. They are all very small. Yeah. What well, is there a world where, and I don't actually believe this, but is there a world where Rain on the Roof 
the Stella talking about getting fired from the radio. Apari, uh, Weiss, uh, the, the old opera singer talking about La France, Leha. And then the Weissman talking to the waitress, then Broadway Baby. Does that work better? No, I don't think either. It just keeps... I love the way that these three songs ratchet. And then obviously at the end of Broadway, baby, Broadway, baby, and they all come on, listen to their and they all come together in a great big Broadway show. Um, lovely stuff. Um, then we get into, is this our first? Oh no, Don't Look At Me, sorry. Don't Look At Me is our first non-Follies song. But then our second one is hmm. The Road You Didn't Take. This and it's the first glimpse at Ben's break. Um, such a powerful song. Um, such a beautiful song to introduce us completely to, to Ben's character and the absolute mm -hmm. nature of his character. Uh, very powerful stuff indeed. Uh, I love the little scene we get. It's only money, what does it matter? I love the idea of Ben struggling to get where he is now. And usually the narrative we hear so often is, you know, oh, I struggled to where I am now, and now I, you know, I now I'm here. Well, now he's here. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed at all. Um, what did you think of Road, Road You Didn't Take? It's not in my top five. Is it in yours? No, it, it's 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 a nice song. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm very. I'd love to sing it. I think it's perfect for Ben's character. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. What I've done on that, you'll you'll be proud of me. Okay. Um, I've not put any songs in today. That our, our songs just I put them in just because I want to sing them. Put oh, that's them good. That's good, Will. That's good. This obviously would be a contender for that. Yes. Um, there's a couple of songs in here that I'd like to sing, but uh, um, unfortunately, they'd have to be down a few octaves. <laughs> uh, actually, that's untrue. I've been singing Could I Leave You and I'm Still Here and Story of Jesse and Lucy all week, and I actually can hit those notes. Um, so, Don't Rain on My Parade is perfectly in my range as we know from when I saw you sing it. Uh, <laughs> I love Phyllis talking about um, Sally. Oh, sorry. Oh, and then Sally after the road you didn't take. I know you, Ben. I think I loved him once. And you go, oh no, oh no. Um, Buddy and Phyllis talking about Sally still being in love with him. And Phyllis, well, I, I guessed it. Bargains, buddy. I'm just gonna read you this Phyllis monologue. It's so incredible. Um, Caution on your guard, beautiful girls. Here we are. Um, bargains, buddy. Uh, have you listened yet to the um, the recording with Elaine Page and with Bernadette Peters and the, oh. that they did for Elaine Page does I'm Still Here. And it was for the last New York Beat production. And they do a lot of the dialogue as well. That's a very good recording. Mm -hmm. Bargains, buddy. One makes bargains with one's life. That's what maturity amounts to. When we're young, there is no limit to the roles we hope to play. Star, mother, hostess, housefrau, all rolled into one. I learned to choose, to constantly select, as if each day were a painting and I had to get the colours right. We're careful of our colours, Ben and I, and what we've made is beautiful. I had a lover once. His name was Jack, I think. He played the drums and had long hair and no command of language. He was everything Ben wasn't, and we'd while away the hours of gala wine and one another, listening to the pop hits and the news. I thought it answered everything, but these things pass, and I have $60,000 worth of Georgian silver in my dining room. I have a question. Is that relationship before Ben, or is that an affair? It's never specified. I'm tempted to say it's, a, it's an actual relationship before Ben. But later, of course, we have 
Could I live through the rage on a terrace in Spain? Would it pass? It would pass. Could I bury my rage with a boy half your age in the grass? Bet your ass. But I've done that already. Or didn't you know, love? So, you know, I've done that already. So is she talking about the fella she just, um, well, they didn't screw, did they? But the oh. fella, so you've been assaulted by a crazy old lady. Move on. <laughs> um, oh God, I love Phyllis with all my heart. Um, in, in Buddy's eyes, oh my God. Talk about an elder just absolutely breaking your heart. I mean, Jesus. Who did, she didn't win the Olivier. And I want to know who she lost it to. Olivier's. Oh, what year was it? Let me guess. 2017. Wrong way. It was hosted by Jason Mumford. Oh, bloody hell. Best new um, musical, best musical revival. Okay, so it was after. So it was 2018 awards. Okay, so he obviously wins best musical revival, obviously. Best new musical goes to Hamilton. Um, who's a big Virginia Woolf loses best revival to Angels in America? Mm. Don't know how I feel mm -hmm. there. Uh, best actress in a play, Imelda loses to uh, who's a friend of Virginia Woolf. Sorry, loses to the ferryman Laura Danley. Oh, okay, fine, I guess. Uh, best actress in a musical, Imelda loses again. Both Imelda and Jamie Dewan. So whoever played Eliza. In no, 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 no. You lost to. Shirley Henderson moaning Myrtle for the girl from the North Country, the Bob Dylan musical. <laughs> Both, here we go then. Because I'm gonna, I need to put my money where my mouth is, don't I? Because I keep saying. Wonder at first. Sorry. There's another line from Curtains, uh, a murder mystery, murder mystery musical. I need to start putting my money where my mouth is because I keep talking about how much I love Janie D and how much. Um, how much I love Janie D and how much I wanted I prefer her in this blah 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 who should have won Best Actress in a Musical because they were both nominated in lead Janie or Imelda 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 I know I know but I, I love, do love Janie D um, oh. Lucy's a lassie you pat on the head we'll get there in a second uh, the what's next? Oh, in Buddy's eyes. How much of this is true, or is this just all a, her lying to herself? Uh, I don't know, Tom. In Buddy's eyes, I'm young, I'm beautiful. In Buddy's eyes, I don't get older. I think Buddy still loves her because obviously we have the line in 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 Buddy's blues of I love her so much I could die. And I love when that is performed as a break. And I love her so much I could die. That's in your top five, isn't it? We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much is true. All I know is that uh, Imelda breaks your heart. Um, I'm not, yeah, it's, it's almost reassuring herself. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he he has to love me. He, yeah. You must love me. <laughs> How many? Where do we go from here? And she's then, a diamond. She's a diamond. Jonathan Price. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, what talking about? Uh, yeah. So then Phyllis confronts just before. Who's that woman? 
How's the weather? How's your marriage going? How do you like my husband? Oh, straight in there. Straight in there. Wonderful stuff. And then they're interrupted by, who's that, who's that woman? Let's talk about who's that woman, the mirror number. What a goddamn number. I put here, perhaps the most incredible dance number I've ever seen on a stage. Oh, it's great. It's, it's phenomenal. So, Bennett, this is Michael Bennett, the, co the choreographer and co-director of Follies. Steve's original idea, it's quite interesting. Steve's original idea was about a woman who had died and left an empty spot in the chorus line. But you really would have, oh sorry, but you really would have needed 16 girls doing precision work to see that nobody was missing. It had to get, it got to be very depressing and it wasn't clear. Mm. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Um, Michael, this is Sondheim, Michael ignored my scenario, but it did give him the springboard for the glory he came up with. Better yet, my notion wasn't lost forever because he used it in a chorus line. Of course, Michael <laughs> Bennett did go on to direct and produce and all that sort of thing with the chorus line is his opus. Um, in the original Broadway production, nobody could tap that efficiently. So nobody wore tap shoes, stay, tap shoes live. And instead, it was the chorus boys in the basement. And it did indeed give it this haunting effect, which uh, I thought was quite interesting. Wow. Um, let's talk about here, an interesting choice with this production. They're all good. There's no waning from the years. And when we see Tracy, uh, you know, Tracy Bennett as Carlotta going, again, that feels a bit like a gag. It doesn't feel like her actually waning. And for me, you could say that that's um, unrealistic or blah, 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 ruins the number, blah, blah, blah. But for me, that just shows how absolutely drilled they were in the day. And these absolutely militarian um, conditions that, that, they, that they were put through. Um, how do you think? Do you think they should be bad, bad dancers? Some should be bad dancers, some should I'm be better than others? It, the, the, you can get away with it in musical theatre, I think. But um, yeah. I think the fact that you've, you've got sort of the ghosts making up the rest of the company, mm. you sort of, you can match them up. You can say, oh yeah, that's, that's who they were. That's what they're trying to do. So it works. Um, I do think if, if it was just them, Mm. they could do it but because they're with um the past versions i think everyone has to be uniform because then you'd be like, mm. yeah the um i i i, I agree well, that was fine, yeah and then um, obviously just, just some sensational mirroring especially near the end with stella i mean obviously everybody tapping in time is obviously incredible in its own right but then i just love stella the simplicity of stella and her ghost back to back and just the, yeah. the same arms and, and then that breaking off and Stella coming forward. And that's what we were talking about earlier of that remem remembering how good the times were. Whereas with a Sally and with a other people, it's that thing of, I've never lost how great these times were. But for some people, it's that muscle memory of, oh God, these might have been the best days of my life. Very powerful stuff. I love the woman, co woman coming up to Phyllis. Hey, do you remember me? I, uh, I shared a dressing room next to you. Do you remember me? You never liked me. Wonderful stuff. Um, and then a big Phyllis and Ben argument. Uh, I love how filthy it is. Do you know how much I loved you? I came home to you, panties ringing. Oh, what, 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 what? That's uh, too filthy for you, too, too insulting? Uh, Jenny D is absolutely incredible and she just owns the sex and she just owns the power um, with vulnerability again. Um, it reminds me a lot of Sidney Lumet's direction for Faye Dunaway in Network. 
where the first thing he said to Faye Dunaway was, I know what you're going to say to me. Where is this character's vulnerability? She doesn't have any. And of course, in, in network and in this, that's not actually true, but it's a great starting direction. Um, <laughs> we haven't had an honest talk since 1941. You think the Japs are going to win the war? What a great line. <laughs> and, it, and it just shows how it's still, and it, again, it brings us into trapped in the past. Um, yep. Trapped in the past. Then, okay, let's talk intermissions. This doesn't have one. How do you feel about that? I want it, one. <laughs> it's easy for us because we can just sit there. Yeah. I sat and I sat and watched it. I didn't feel a problem. Maybe it's because no, the no. National Theatre has comfy seats. I don't go for a wee at the at the the intermission, but I do like I do like the tradition a bit, and maybe going to get some ice cream. And mm -hmm. I, I like talking to whoever I'm with, going, oh, how are you liking it so far? And talking about, oh, I, they're really good. And oh, yeah. oh, it's starting again. This is Harold Prince. It was very damaging to the show because the show was not written to have an intermission. It was in and out and, try, and tried in two different places. After Who's That Woman? And after Too Many Mornings. But with, But we learned, we scored better with the numbers after the intermission if there was no break. Also, the piece was constructed up until to get to the Loveland sequence and further and further away from reality. If there is an intermission after, let's say, too many mornings, that's three songs and then you're immediately into Loveland. Mm. That, to me... Because is... you could almost... It's because it is almost a three-act show, in a way. It's got three mm. stages. It's very easy to say intermission... And we open in Loveland, uh, but then no. no I think no you need show. to you need to see you need to see them build, 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 and everything dropping and going. What the hell is this? If you then suddenly had an intermission, also just the way that the only way that that could work with having Loveland as an intermission is to move. Could I? Luke yeah. moves so many songs from the early Follies bit into Loveland, and then you're like, and then it gets that thing of, oh, no, 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 because by that time we get to Loveland, all we want to do is stay with Phyllis and Ben and Sally and Buddy and find out what happens to them. So I don't think I could sit through Rain on the Roof or Our Paris if that was in the Loveland yeah, yeah, yeah. sequence and it was all moved around. I don't think that would work for me. Let's talk about I'm Still Here. In your top five? It is, it is. Thank it is God, me. thank God, okay. <laughs> That's a lock, by the way. That's a lock. Elaine Stritch's biggest criticism, obviously this became her song and her autobiography that I, her biography that I have right here is called Still Here. And she performed it at the White House and she performed, it was the final song, the second, the penultimate song at the uh, Sondheim 80th birthday concert. And it's incredible. And Elaine, but Elaine's biggest criticism, and she always introduces it this way, is that she talks about, I've seen women sing, I'm still here at 60. Because obviously she's 80 and in her 70s when she's singing. I've seen women sing this song at 50, 40, 30. Where the hell have they been? <laughs> Which is a funny joke. Yeah. But the point of the song in the show 
is that she's done all of that and she's still only 45. That's the point. It's not that she hasn't got so much longer of her life to go. It's that she's done all of that before she's even got to 40. Yeah. Um, it was penciled off to, we talked a lot about this during uh, the Six by Sondheim episode, uh, but it was penciled off a loose biography of John Crawford. Um, the first half is this grand history, then the second is this beautiful um, personal history. And the way that they blend is, is so incredibly powerful. And it is just one of those songs that builds and builds and builds and just knocks you out. You cannot, you cannot feel goosebumps every time you listen. Um, what did you think of Tracy Bennett? Very, very good. Very good. Very, very, very good, good acting as well. Mm. So this ends with her doing the Richard Nixon peace signs. I love that this show, that this production is unabashedly 70s. And um, Sometimes they do sort of blurring and all that sort of thing, but this is unabashedly 70s, and I greatly enjoy that about it. Um, because it, it is one of those things where there's too many references to the walls and the follies that it has to always be 70s. There will never yeah. be a modern version of the follies. Um, of follies. Let's talk about rewrites of this song, Will. So oh. through the years, Sundime has rewritten this song many times for performers. Um, right. And, well, well no. Many times they rewrite it themselves or they have writers and their lyrics may be factual, but are almost always bad. Uh, now we have seen, however, Sondheim has done versions of this for himself. Um, one of the big versions, you know, Brenda Fraser has been chained to Shirley Temple through the years, uh, which makes sense because obviously people uh, don't really know who Brenda Fraser is. Uh, a little light music. No, we want, I'm still here. You're gonna love tomorrow. Ooh, fairly well, aren't we? Oh, we're gonna love tomorrow. We're gonna get there in a moment. It's not can that my folks right. Here we are. Okay. So we know we've seen a version. Do you remember, Will? Um, it was in that um love letter that uh James wrote for, for Sunday. James? No, no the postcards from the edge. Oh with Shirley oh. McLean and Meryl Streep. Oh, do you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that had so that had some lyric changes. Um, uh, where are we? Are uh, oh yeah, ten years of braces, voice and tap, touring in places off the map, giving auditions on Xanax lap. Never fear, mother drew up the contracts, so I'm here. And that you know, and that also has a lovely little joke of uh, I'm feeling transcendental. Am I here? And then the rest of it as it is. However, I wanted to do this little segment because I want to hit read you his version for Barbara. Are you ready for this? As in Barbara Streisand. Streisand, yes. Um, Streisand, Streisand. You know your penis hole? How much that would hurt? Great film. Good times and bum times. I've seen them all of my dear, I'm still here. Gold statues sometimes, sometimes a kick in the rear. Um, where we got, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Don't tell me she designed those clothes. Even the needy don't need those. Can't cap her teeth. She should cap her nose. <laughs> uh, they used to say, they used to say, talent she's got, but she screeches. Sounds like a throat's in a sling. So now they say, talent she's got, but those speeches. Why can't she shut up and sing? 
Monday, the Tony. Tuesday, you're, do you're doing the till. Wednesday, you're phony. Thursday, you're over the hill. Um, here we are. And then you hear songwriting, acting, producing. What makes her think that she can? Or better yet, songwriting, acting, producing. What does she think? She's a man. Um, where, where else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, okay, this is great. I've been through show tunes. I've been through funk and it stunk. Hit songs that with no tunes, heavy duets with a hunk. Is he here? <laughs> here we go. This is the best line. I had to read this to you. I've kept my clothes and kept my space. I've kept my nose to spite my face. Oh. Uh, and, then, and then it's a medley. Um, you won't keep your place loud and clear. Once you announce you're directing, all you hear is everybody says don't, everybody says don't, everybody says don't you walk the line. <laughs> Straight into that. Um, also, Judy Collins has done an album called Love Letters to Sundown. And in hers, she goes, I've been through Lindsay Lohan, but I'm here. I don't oh. know if I don't know if Sundown wrote that, but uh, I'll uh, who knows? It maybe he did. Then anything else, and I'm still here. Well, just an absolutely raucous, incredible number. Um, nothing else really. Nothing else. But uh, as you said, um, the 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 ghost was very good, the and, and the ending as well. Yeah. That's what I like. I get goosebumps every single time I hear I've got through all of last year and I'm here. Uh, absolutely knocks me out every single time. Uh, too many mornings waiting and pretending I reach for you. Again, I've put the same thing. How much of this is true? How much does Ben believe this? How much, you know, this is coming immediately after him going, I made love with a woman this afternoon and I've done something I've never done. I cried. What the bloody hell? <laughs> Jesus, this poor man. Well, no, this is not poor man. Well, no, yeah, poor man. Um, ben is the first to see the ghost. Sally's delusion begins here as well when Ben leaves and she stays talking to the ghost of Ben instead of the real Ben. Uh, Too Many Mornings is currently in my top five role. Is it? I think it's an incredibly beautiful duet. It's very good. Uh, it's um, not in mine. It's not in yours. The right girl. What do you think of this one? The right girl. Yeah. The right yeah. girl. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, watching the ghosts make out this horror, this drunken ramblings, and then the ghost starts dancing. How you know? How much did Buddy know at the time? Um, because the dialogue that we keep flashing back to is, you dance with Sally, sure, take her out, maybe, but. You wouldn't go behind her behind my back, would you? you know, no, never. How much? Because obviously there's an inkling for him to ask that in the first place. But how much does he believe? I think he does believe it. From the off, just literally, they've never been together. Or are you saying he knows the truth? Yeah. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. But he like he doesn't want to. But he that's why he's like, oh, like but. Yeah, uh, I love him waltzing on his oh my hair, waltzing on his drunken own, just waltzing about, just absolutely miserable. <laughs> um, then Sally coming to talk to Buddy. Oh my God, I'm going to get married, and I'm going to live forever with the man I love. Isn't it a wonder? Jesus Christ! And you're just your heart is aching, and you are just dry. At this point now, this is why you can't have an intermission. Yeah. 
because we're just barreling, barreling, barreling towards the end. Everybody else leaving, you know, um, and Phyllis and the waiter screwing, and then Ben and Carlotta. And then we get the the minute he's finished with too many mornings, he's trying to fuck Carlotta. We had a thing once. This guy, this guy's just a thing too, except he's 26. That got an entire applause break. <laughs> what? I mean, how desperate and sad is Ben that he's just had too many mornings with Sally and then immediately he's going to try and screw Carlotta. I mean, what a stark image. Sure. One more kiss. What do you think of this? Um, it's not in my top five. No, it's not in my top five. five either. I think this is probably my least favourite. But if this is the least favourite song in the show, that's saying something. Yeah, that, that is. It is. It's yeah. an incredibly beautiful operatic duet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And again, beautiful lyrics. Dreams are a sweet mistake. All, must, all dreamers must wake. On then with the dance, no backward glance. All beautiful things must die. I mean, God, that just, again, tears your heart out. This is what we keep saying here. Uh, the rest of them leaving. We should do this every year. Are you insane? And then read, and then Phyllis seen before this. Okay, this is where an argument could occur, Will. Is could I leave you in your top five? Yes. Thank God. Of course it is. Of course it is, Tom. This might be my favourite song in the show. I don't know if it's the best, but it's my favourite. I have it number two. Ooh. I haven't ranked mine yet. Oh, yeah. 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 No, um, could I leave you? It, it's the, the one that's been in my head, I will oh, say. Oh, yeah. How do you have tears away when your eyes are dry? Um, you could leave me the stocks for sentiment's sake and 90% of the money you make and the rugs and the books. Incredible. What did you think of it, Will? I mean, uh, well, you uh, yeah. loved it. It's in your top uh, one. I've got that right there. Yeah. It was very witch's rap. It was very woods, that last bit. It was absolutely yeah. sensational. And I you agree. keep the grand sugar, you keep the spinach and all of our friends and just wait a goddamn minute. Holy yeah. you, leave Janie D. How could I leave you? Sweetheart, I have to confess. Oh, and then that great ending. Could I leave you? Yes. Will I leave you? Yes. I, I mean, it absolutely just knocks me out. Um, I, I, again, a cabaret, I'm sure I'll sing that at some point. <laughs> um, then we go into Loveland. The breakdown moment, the first chaos moment of the overlapping conversations and the interactions between the ghosts of y'all. Again, they're, like, they're coming in. Ooh. They're coming in and then they start talking to them. Um, this is a moment that I don't find funny. I find heartbreaking, but I also find very, very funny. Is Sally coming on? I'm ready, darling, when you are. Please, Ben, I'd like to go now. Just absolutely so deluded. And Ben, I, I didn't tell you I loved you, did I? Oh, God. And then Loveland. Now, what was your first reaction when suddenly we're in Loveland? Um, chaos. was was It was sort of like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, because it was so different to the rest of the show. Um, yeah. But I... It's needed, isn't it? Yes, it is the final straw. It's the, yeah, it's the final straw. It's the, where else can we go but the world of fantasy? There is nowhere else for us. There is nowhere else. And we must carry on. 
Oh, how painful. Oh my god. Um Love, yeah, Loveland. I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, again, as I talked about my exes, you know, her biggest mm. problem, and it was my mum's too. Actually, she was like, oh, okay, I know. She, she did a typical thing of, I guess it. You know, they're going into the fantasy, but like, yeah, I'm kind of a bit silly at the end. I've never seen it as silly. I've seen it as pure fantasy. Uh, the sunny sun and honeymoon. Very good. Um, Here's my costume now. Sally's costume fits the colour scheme of Loveland best because she is most welcome in the world of delusion. Very true. I just noticed that this time. Let's talk about You're Gonna Love Tomorrow. Uh, the Folly of Youth, as it is titled here. Uh, tomorrow's what you're gonna have a lifetime of with me. I love the way that this is just so arcanely directed, you know, the war ends newspaper. Sal, young Sally's joy at the iron yeah. being brought on. Ah, an iron, <laughs> you know. It's just this fantasy of housewife, which in many yeah. ways is actually what Sally wants. Uh, which is painful in its own right. Uh, what did you think of this beautiful duet, Well, I thought it was very nice, yeah. Um, and I'll, again, the, the ghosts are sort of providing it. Even though these are memories now, mm. the ghosts of the theatre are still orchestrating it for them, which I very much enjoy direction-wise. The ZZ Strallen is uh, playing uh, young Phyllis here, who is currently Mary Poppins on the West oh. End. Yes. Um, uh, also, very good pairings, I would say, for each cast. Very good, believable, uh, you know, cast-alikes. Um, into Buddy's Blues. What did you think of Buddy's Blues, Will? Is it in your top five? No. Me neither. <laughs> We're going to talk about, again, my favourite version of Buddy's Blues next week, next episode, with um, Mandy Padinkin. Because Mandy Padinkin is, like, high <laughs> and he's doing all the roles. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, because, again, we're going back to Baby June territory. Buddy's Blues is not fun to listen to because they are annoying. The girls are annoying and they're supposed to be annoying and this is a perfect Follies number and blah, 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 blah. But it's still annoying. That's the problem. Yeah. And uh, it, I, I mean, I love the wit, you know, she, she, I'm perfect, she swears. You're perfect. God damn it. Did you get it? Let's talk about losing my mind. Thank you. A lock. Oh, yeah, a lock. Don't, don't, don't you fret. Original Bennett idea dropped in Boston was to have Sally dressed as Jean Harlow and Phyllis as Rita Hayworth. That's brought back here to great effect. Um, Sundown. One of the pleasures of writing songs is knowing how a single word can change or intensify the emotional tone of what is being said or sung. For example, using the word to instead of and in the, far, in the fourth line takes Sally a step further into her obsession with Ben and offers a nice example of the subtle powers of the English language. Is this Sondheim's best love song? Mm. It's hard to give it that title because it is painful and it is a sad love song. I think this is his most, I think this is his saddest song, no doubt. I think it's his most beautiful song, perhaps. I'll let, I'll let you say it until I think of one that's better. Yeah, I think, is this your number one when you're ranking the songs? Yeah. 
Yeah, mine too. I think this is going to crack our top five, surely. Yes. Um, and then we'll get to the rest. Um, incredible tumbler work from Imelda. <laughs> <laughs> Wide-eyed Imelda. Oh, my God. Slow, and their voice slowly drying out. How can you not watch that and not just weep? Oh, my God. Right. What should the order of these songs be? This has always been the order. They've never switched them around. But oh. it's a big task for Janie D to then suddenly give a story of Jesse and Lucy after that. Should it be Buddy's Blues, yeah. Jesse and Lucy, Losing My Mind, Live, Laugh, Love? Because Lose, Live, Laugh, Love, although it does start happy, eventually becomes a sad song itself. Or does it work best? Happy, sad, happy, sad. Losing My Mind, it, it does over, yeah. I mean, the incredible power of Story of Jesse and Lucy does make it very easy to watch after the fact. Yes. Let's talk about it now. Is it in your top five? No. It's in mine. Oh. I fucking love <laughs> Janie D. I love Lucy's a lassie. You pat my hand. Um, it's virtually dead. Jesse wants to be dead. If Lucy and Jesse can only come on. Um, Sundown was worried about all four having a solo because he felt that the audience would get into the pattern and would be like, oh, okay, so we've got Ben's song. And so originally there was possibly, for, instead of Ben having a song and Phyllis having a song, there was possibly going to be a chorus boys on Ben's, on, on Sally's side, on uh, Phyllis's side and the chorus girls on Ben's side and it was going to be a duet and it was going to be like a warring thing. Again, which could have worked. And also, Losing My Mind was nearly a, du a duet for the girls. Yeah. Um, but Alexis Smith, who was the original Phyllis, um, was like, no. Dorothy is a better singer, and she will knock that song out of the park. Give me a dancey song where I can show off my legs. <laughs> uh, which I love the attitude of. Um, and then, yeah, we get Story of Jesse and Lucy, and we get what? I mean, obviously, it's Losing My Mind. What is your, what's your ranking, Will, of the four songs in Loveland? Five songs in Loveland, actually. Six, six songs in Loveland. Uh, Losing Lose my, my Mind. Number one. Then I'd go Sorry of Jesse and Lucy. Yeah, no, no, I could agree with you there. Then, um, and then, I, then I'd probably go You're Gonna Love Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, Ben's definitely the, not, not Ben. Um, Buddy. Yeah, Buddy's definitely last. Yeah, and then Live, Laugh, Love, which we're going to talk about now. What a great idea. I mean, Philip Quast, did you... I mean, obviously you didn't, because this is the National Theatre live, but was there a moment... Because Philip Quast's performance is so excellent, was there a moment where you were like, was that, was that, was that a real film? <laughs> um, no. Obviously not, because it's no, the NT no. live. But yeah. it is such an incredibly well-done performance by Philip Quast that you're like... It's just, it's just a wonderful conceit when done right. Like, so how many times have we seen bloody fourth wall breaks where they're like, oh, oh, that went wrong. Oh, 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 whatever. I've been in one. And it's just like, oh, okay, you know. But this, this is perfect because it marks Ben's breakdown. I love the chorus boy helping. Me, I like to, oh, there's always one. And uh, reveals, here's my thing. It reveals somewhat that this has all been Ben's show. I know Sally's who we meet first, 
But for me, Ben sees the yeah. ghosts first. Hmm. Ben probably has the most scenes. He's got the deepest connection with the theatre, hasn't he? And he is the one with the biggest arc, really. Or does it? Well, him and Sally both have sort of the same arc. Hmm. But Sally has sort of a stunted arc because she has been deluded for so long. Um, you find, and then I love, you know, him snapping on the audience when they laugh. You find that funny, do you? Oh, I, 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 just very powerful. And then into the chaos and into the madness. And then we're nearly there. We're nearly at the end of Follies. And, and, and you're going, wait a minute, this is how we're ending? There's all this chaos? And then silence. Phyllis! Silence. And we find Sally absolutely broken on the floor. I left the dishes in the sink. I, I was so excited to come. I left the dishes in the sink. You're going, oh, no. And then here we go. I mean, Jesus Christ, I should have died the first time. I should have been dead all these years. How on earth can you have a happy ending instead of this? I'm going to read you this bullshit happy ending. I was going to do it next episode. Was there, was, is there literally a happier alternate ending? Yes. Did they ever do it? Yeah. The Cameron Macintosh 80s production oh, yeah. had it. The concert, which we're going to watch, but that's okay because it's a concert. Like, it, it, like, it's a really fun concert and they're having a great time. So I'm allowing that. And then this, the script that I have, right, this is, pisses me off. This is the script that the National Theatre released for their production. It's not the original script. This version of Follies published in this edition was first performed on April 2001 at the Roundabout Theatre Company in New York City. The 2017 National Theatre production was based on the original 1971 book. Why isn't this the original 1971 book? So this isn't the exact happy ending. This has been modified again, but it's the same, it's the same gist. I'm 49, oh, sorry, here we are. I left the dishes in the sink, I left them there. I was in such a hurry. There is no Ben for me, not ever any place, buddy. There never was, and that's the truth. I'm 49 years old, that's all I am. What am I going to do? And again, it makes a it makes a, this shrill, goddamn, you know, moaning myrtle. Oh my God, I'm 49, what am I gonna do? It completely undermines the character. Her arc is not that of a woman coming to terms, well, it is coming to terms with her age, but it's coming to terms with delusion. Um. And then Dee Dee, Sandra, and uh, Emily and Solange, they leave now instead of earlier. You know what? We should do this every year. Are you insane? There's still time for a nightcap. No, no, I need my booty, my beauty sleep. And then, um, and then Carlotta, why stop at one? The party's never over. Not while I'm around. Right, Stella? Honey, you're inspiration to me. And then Heidi comes on. Ah, Mitya, don't you hate to see it go? Weissman, if nothing else, I know when things are over. A nice line. But anyway, and then, are you ready for this one? Ben, Sally, Phyllis, and Buddy have a conversation. Ben, there's no way I can, to, to Sally, there's no way I can make amends. I feel, Sally, don't say it, I'm all right. You, to Phyllis, you take good care of him. I'll do my best. So long, Ben. Next time you're back in town, sure, sure. And if you're out ever in Phoenix, what the hell is this? <laughs> hey, up there, what do you say up there? What yeah. a load of cock and shit what the fuck is that how is that an ending to this show that we've just seen 
You need the horror of a suicidal woman. And you need the who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? We're going to muscle through this relationship of Phyllis and Ben. Um, some, and then, oh my God, what a horrifying tomorrow. It is tomorrow. And then we have the Phyllis and Buddy scene. Now, should they be swapped? Should the ending be tomorrow, it is tomorrow, Sally screaming and them leaving? Because they leave and then we're into Phyllis and Buddy. And, you know, you always saw through me. I can't live through any more goddamn life. You know, you know mm. you're, you're one hell of a woman. You bet your ass. And the intense applause of the audience works. And I can kind of understand how that, because you, you're going to get a laugh or you're going to get an applause on the line, you bet your ass, because you love fucking Phyllis yeah. so much. And then immediately going into, I left the dishes in the sink. Could maybe, would struggle to work. Yeah, I think it works as it is. Yeah. Um, James Goldman doesn't agree. I'm not sure that if I had to write it over again that I would have had Ben and Phyllis together at the end. Marriage is a very difficult situation, but I don't think it is a bad one. And I don't want to write a show that was down on marriage. I very much wanted them together at the end. And I feel now that that was very much imposed on them. I can believe it's a Phyllis. I just don't believe it's a Ben. We'll get to that in a minute. I think his game is over. I don't think there is any kind of life left in him. The man is finished and I didn't want him to be. I'm the opposite. I believe Ben would, at this moment, go. I think the ending needs to be Ben begging to go back to Phyllis. You're the only woman who's ever really loved me. And Phyllis going, no, too much has happened. But I also like the ending we get. Yeah. The Virginia Woolf, we're going to stick together. I'm afraid. I mean, literally, Imelda doing, I left the dishes in the sink. She is like, two lines away from saying <laughs> I am buddy I am <laughs> you know she is so close I love that the ghosts remain in the theater forevermore trapped in that time and that brings us to the end of follies will what do you do you think of follies well we, um, I love follies it's great and I want to see it and I want to be in it broad strokes will as stupid as a question it is any idea of current rankings? What of musicals? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not broken. It's not broken the top two yet. Well, the uh, top two again: Folly, uh, Woods, and Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where Woods is for me. I think it, it's got to be top five. But yeah. or is I'm, I'm excited for your rewatch. Oh yeah, I love I love Into the Woods so much. Yeah. I'm not going to rewatch it and go. You know what? This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Oh, top five lyrics. Um, face with these lies what man can moralize? Uh, which dress from my wardrobe of two? One of them was borrowed and the other was blue. <laughs> um, I've gone through. Hey, lady, aren't you who's this? Gee, what a looker you were. Or better yet, sorry, I thought you were who's this? Whatever happened to her? Uh, could I leave you? No, the point is, could you leave me? Well, I guess you could leave me the house. <laughs> Very funny. Um, and the, 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 the most beautiful, sad, tragic line he ever wrote. You said you love me, or were you just being kind? Or am I losing my mind? 
Will, you Me. said before you had top three lyrics, go. Yeah, uh, well, I've done two of them. The um, Me and Ben, we come around at 10 and hang around the wings watching things with what, what the hell was, yeah, his, was name? his name? You know, the old guy. Max, no, tall, Max, Paul. The other one is the the entire of uh, you could leave me the stocks, the sentence taken, yeah, all that. And then the you can leave um, me the house, yeah. It's in uh, the beautiful girl's Sally entrance. It's here she is at last, twinkle in her eye. Oh, oh yeah, strictly a mess, nevertheless. Oh, it's hi, Ben. No, don't look at me. And she's doing her another starting flirting thing it takes a lot of butter to get you back in the pan and she goes hi ben immediately broken no don't look at me please not just yet incredible love it i love a tragedy talking about tragedies will your top five so <laughs> <laughs> okay here we go here are my top five i'm still here too many mornings losing my mind Story of Jesse and Lucy. Oh, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> have you got up the uh, ranking? I have. Okay. What are yours? Uh, in in uh, from worst to best. Well, not worst to best, but I have um, beautiful girls. I'm still here, waiting for the girls upstairs. Could I leave you? And losing my mind. Okay. So our top three. Locked in are, yeah. um, could I leave you losing my mind? Sorry, losing my mind, could I leave you? And I'm still here. Yeah. So what were the other two you had? Sorry, uh, beautiful girls and waiting for the girls upstairs. I'd really like waiting for the girls upstairs to be in there. It's great. Well, do you want to bring in this six rule for Follies and six rule for Sweeney or Woods? Yeah, why not? Why okay. not? Or do you want to just do six for Follies? because it's my favourite, six for Woods, because it's your favourite, and six for Sweeney, because it's and, maybe and both of our seven, favorites. because it's a giant. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was thinking about Sweeney the other day, and it's like, it's going to be quite weird to pick a song, pick songs. Or is that the most yeah. stupid thing I've ever said? No, no, I'm the same with Sweeney. You're like, oh, I can think of two or three that are definitely going to be there, but then the rest, hmm. And now I'm thinking back on myself, do we add six from company and do we put in now, um, you could drive a person crazy? Why not? All right, okay, this is what we're doing then. So we've got, you could drive a person crazy to rank as well. Right, let's do that. Um, and then we'll see, you could drive a because also, fuck it, this is our list. <laughs> That's it. We'll be listening to this playlist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so okay, so I'm gonna. All right, fine then. I'll give you waiting for the girls upstairs. Thank you. Waiting for the girls upstairs. Yeah, very happy not to have beautiful girls there. And then you give me story of Jesse and Lucy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which gives us one song left, and yours was beautiful girls, and so it's beautiful girls or too many mornings. We'll get too many mornings. I think too many mornings is a stunning, stunning duet. Uh, whereas I like Beautiful Girls a lot, obviously. I like, yeah. Well, ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Okay, then. So now we're adding You Could Drive a Person Crazy. So where is that going? Uh, that, my friend, is going. Uh, I cannot scroll on this. Oh, there you go. Um, I'm looking around. 
How about in between come play with me and anyone can whistle? Or is that too high for you? I, I'd, I'd stick it just underneath together wherever we go. I can do that. Cuts. Cuts. Yeah. You could drive a person crazy. For me, it's always been a pop-up two-faced advert in the 50s. That's what it feels like. Yeah, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, then. So, together, wherever we go. Let's rank the folly songs. Losing my mind. Lock. Could I leave you? Lock. I'm still... I'm, I'm happy. Oh, I'm... Let's do too many mornings above Story and Jesse and Lucy. And then I'm fine with that ranking right. of the folly songs. Um, Lucy is Jesse, a terribly drab. Lucy is Jesse, but gold is a slab. Lucy wants to be Jesse. Jesse wants to be Lucy. Uh, okay. So, um, right then, let me get all these to be the same uh, size. I could tell you someone who would finally feel. Okay, so how do we do this again? Do we go top for, top to bottom, or do we do bottom to top? Okay. Story of Jesse and Lucy. I'm gonna. Th uh, what about just what about there above? If you can if you can find me, I'm here. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, then then you could drive a person crazy. Um. Then, yeah. Then let's try. What about anyone can whistle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, remix. Okay, so let's go that there. And and then because we both love come play with me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, waiting for the girls upstairs. I I can go. I can go quite high now with these top four. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's try. I could try. Um, I, I, below comedy tonight. Are you saying waiting for the girls upstairs is better than somewhere okay, or some people? All right. Let's do. Come play with me. Then waiting for the girls upstairs. I think it has to be that. Yeah, that's fine by me. Oh, waiting for the girls upstairs. Do -do -do -do. Okay, we're nearly there. We need to just bump that. We need to bump that down. Put that there. Uh, oh, wait, I need to remember to put these in. Oh, wait, no, I'll do that in a second. Uh, where did I put... Uh, where was the lowest one? We, oh, sorry, of Jesse and Lucy. And you could drive a person crazy. I need to put that in, so that's yellow. Okay, right. Uh, okay, so now we've got... Right, so now we're into, for me, top 10 territory. Yeah, yeah. So where's the break? I think we can literally do this. Uh, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then we, right, okay. I'm still here. Better than I, everything's coming up, Roses? I think it's just beneath um, Roses' turn. Okay. 
No, no, it's not, is it? It's beneath something's coming. Okay. Yeah, I'll go for that. Yeah. In the words of Hall and Oates. Okay. So then, right. I think, could I leave you there at number six? Yeah. Now the question is losing my mind. For me, losing my mind is our current number three. Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, now I've got a fun activity. I've got to pick which versions we're using for each song. Um, mm. Can we do the Glenn Close version of Losing My Mind? <laughs> is that your favourite, Losing My Mind? <laughs> no. no. Oh, you were being sly. I was uh, doing a joke. Uh, I'd, actually, she is quite good. I, <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, look at that. I've got. Well, no, I'm missing a song, aren't I? You could drive a person crazy. You could drive a person mad. you make a person crazy. Okay, right then, that is that. Next episode, bit of a bonus. We're going to look at, we're going to look, um, we're going to look, <laughs> I'm stuttering like a fool. Um, we're going to look at the 1985 Follies in Concert production. Um, and that's that's about, that's it. It really, oh, no, no, actually, I tell a lie. We're going to talk about the end, uh, we're going to talk about films, possibly. And, um, we're going to talk about films possibly and we're going to touch on a little bit more the Cameron Macintosh 80s London production um, and that is it so bit of a bonus episode but not really um, but anyway we'll get there when we get there uh, Will I am so happy to inaugurate you into the world of Follies uh, which you are now a proud member of it seems yes um, let's end this episode with uh, Phoenix Buchanan of course, yes, yeah. of course. The I'll, only I'll, way allow that. I'll allow that. It's the only way to end it. Yeah. Um, I've, been the, like a, I've been like I've been Thomas Carruthers. And this is Phoenix. Listen, click to that lovely ring. Da ba da ba da ba da.